Tree Talking Time is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors. Get all your hound hunting needs at Conkeys.com. Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I've dabbled in a little bit of everything, you know, mm-hmm. anything from, you know, coon dogs to rabbit dogs, fox hounds. I grew up in New Jersey. I mean, I, I, I met Brian. We can hit on that. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to throw that out there and my relationship with him and how I met him. And yeah, I've, I've, I've got a little, little background and yeah, I'll just give a little bit about myself, you know, tell everybody a little about myself where yeah. I grew up and, you know, so yeah. Uh, my name is Sean Brophy and I, uh, Grew up in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. I uh, got a long uh, history of uh, family that ran dogs, uh, anything from foxhounds to coon dogs to rabbit dogs, and just a, a long line of hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in the woods at three, four years old, and nice. uh, spent, spent a lot of time out there and mm-hmm. uh, just found a love for it. When I turned five or six, there I sneak out and go lay with the dogs in the dog houses. They're like, where's Sean at? And <laughs> he said, where's he, where'd he go? And like, go check the dog house. And I'd be curled up with, you know, curled up with one of my favorites, you know? And that's funny. Yeah. I just found a love, love for dogs and, uh, the outdoors. And yeah, my whole family, uh, we come from a long line of, of woodsmen, you know? Mm-hmm. Now the Pine Barrens, that, that's Northern New Jersey, isn't it? Uh, it's like, like central New Jersey, central okay. to Southern. Uh, Northern New Jersey is more of the city and stuff. Um, tried to try to stay out of there as much as I could. I did do a lot of work up there uh, mm-hmm. growing up, but no, Pine Barrens is like uh, central and southern New Jersey. It's just okay. hundreds, it's the thousands of acres of uh, pine barrens and cedar swamps and uh, a lot of history. You know, a lot of history mm-hmm. there. So it's kind of a unique place. I was just back visiting family, and uh, there are certain things I miss about it. You know, New Jersey gets a bad rap, but. It uh, does. Especially when you live in PA. We're, we're New Jersey haters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, try, try, try to keep you out of there. But, uh, no, I, you know, there's some things I certainly miss about it. You know, a lot of, a lot of my growing up was there. I spent a lot of nights out in the woods playing around there, you know. So mm-hmm. I definitely uh, realized, you know, I do, when I go back, it, it just brings a lot of things back, you know. Yeah. Now I've, granted, I've, Spent some time in like South Jersey, but uh, it's pretty much just over the bridge from Delaware. Um, haven't spent a ton of time, you know. I've driven through New, Jer- New Jersey, going to New York and stuff, but yeah. The funny thing is, it's only a few hours from me, and I don't really go there. <laughs> yeah, you're you're probably not missing a lot, you know. If, if you don't know what to look for, you know, mm-hmm. everybody everybody sees the city stuff and what the TV wants you to see, and yeah. Uh, you know, of course, taxes are atrocious there, and there's a lot of a lot of things steering people away from there. But yep. I mean, if you like the if you like the ocean, you got the ocean. You've got the bay. You know, you've got decent hunting. You know, I I did a lot of whitetail hunting, uh, mm-hmm. archery, and ran all, everything you can think of with a dog there. You yeah. know, uh, so no, I mean there's 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 good and bad. You know, but you got to know where to look when you're <laughs> like minded people like us. You know, mm-hmm. no. It- you know, through this podcast, I've learned that there's, there's houndsmen and, and hunters everywhere. You know, one of the first, one of the first couple of guests that I had, uh, was Blaine Jackson and he lives in Southern California, you know, an hour outside of LA. 
Uh-huh. And here he is just like us, you know, running dogs. So, Oh yeah. I grew up in a bad neighborhood, you know, in, in central New Jersey and uh, kind of low income. And, you know, I wouldn't have to go far. I mean, it would be behind houses or any little patch of woods we can find. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we hunt there, you know, mainly the whitetail hunting and rabbit dog type stuff. But, okay. you know, when you start fox, you know, the fox dogs, we had fox hounds as well. And you'd have to go into the bigger woods and that's, we'd have to do another 20 minutes or so to get into the pine barrens we're far enough away where we weren't getting in trouble with houses and cars and all that you know definitely there's definitely a yeah anywhere you go you can find good like-minded people you know you might have to look a little bit but there's uh there's people like me and you everywhere you know that's for sure so now when you were a kid you said you had foxhounds and and beagles what did you have a preferred you know type of hunting or type of hound that you, you preferred well, yeah, when I started off real young, you know, it's before I was even old enough, I could, you know, five years old, I couldn't even hardly pick up a gun, right? My dad's got me trying to shoot a, a double old fox double barrel out of rabbit, you know, trying to get into some brush piles. Um, uh, and as I got older, I ran with the families. You know, we had all kinds of different breeds, right? Great dogs. We had blue dogs, red dogs, mixed with Beagle and Walker and English, you name it, you know, um, we had a little bit of everything. and. A lot of them we we can run at night, you know, and keep them on coon. And a lot of them we can run on uh, during the daytime and throw them on a fox. These were dogs that got hunted five, six days a week. And, you know, we, we ate what we killed, you know. So uh, they, they, they served a purpose back then. Um, no, I, I don't have no, no preference. Um, okay. You know, all the dogs served their purpose. The, mm-hmm. the beagles did a good job running their rabbits. The foxhounds did a good job you know, with their, with their foxes, the coon dogs could, did a good job with their coons, you know? So yeah. it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They, they were all good hounds cause they got hunted so much, you know, mm-hmm. in the, my family bred them for so long, they kind of were looking for certain things, you know, the, the foot and uh big mouth and cold nose and, you know, hard tree dog type thing. So yeah, yeah they, they, they were all good. There was, I had no preference, you know, mm-hmm. Well, if you grew up in New Jersey, how in the world did, because you now live in Idaho, right? I live in North Idaho now, yeah. How in the world did you end up out there? I know you've heard this before because I've heard on your podcast, but following women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, um, yeah, I grew up in Central New Jersey, and then uh, when I was 16, I moved a little further south in Southern New Jersey, and then uh, ended up ended up meeting who's now my wife and uh i knew right off the get-go that she was the kind of girl i'd like to spend my life with you know mm-hmm. uh thing was at that age you know she was she was a super good girl and i wasn't so great you know <laughs> i uh, i was a little wild and and she was ready to settle down right away and so we we stayed friends for several years until i smartened up and said you know what now's now's my time to settle down and and if she still gave me a chance uh let's let's make something happen here. Uh, I remember the day I met her, I was skinning a deer in the, in the garage and she walked up and thought it was the coolest thing, you know, work boots and the ducks unlimited shirt. And <laughs> I said, uh, man, that's the kind of girl you, you need in life right there. And yeah. it just took me a while to, to come around, but, uh, yeah, I ended up marrying her. We've been married for 15 years now and yeah, it's been, been fantastic. Two beautiful kids and, it's fantastic. But uh, following her, she uh, went to school to be a veterinarian. My wife's a veterinarian and uh, mm-hmm. went to school to be a vet. 
I worked on drill rigs at the time and had a pretty bad accident and hurt, hurt my legs pretty bad. And, uh, so I was out of work for almost a year. And while she was going to school, she said, Hey, why don't you, why don't you come with me and check things out? You know, she was going to school in the Caribbean. Okay. I, I, yeah, I followed her there while she was finishing up school. And then Hurricane Ivan came and, and, uh, took out the whole island. And then, uh, yeah, so, uh, Kansas State, K-State University out in Manhattan, Kansas said, well, if you want to come finish your schooling up here, anyone who was involved with that, come on out. We'll, we'll put you up. So mm-hmm. we moved to Kansas, finished up her schooling for two years. And then when we got done there, we, she took a job in Illinois and, uh, lived in Illinois for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, and all along that time I got out of the, the well drilling, the drilling and, uh, got into electrician, you know, some okay. an electrician, I trade, mm-hmm. uh, something a little better for my knees. Yeah. And then uh, I've had several surgeries, like eight mm. surgeries on each knee, wow. knee replacement. Yeah. I've had some fun. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So followed her around and we just made decisions. We went on a trip, <laughs> uh, about eight years ago, we took the camper and took 29 days off of work. We took a month off of work and said, you know what, let's just see what else is out there. You know, Illinois is a great place, you know, uh, mm-hmm. For hunting, you know, like your, oh, yeah. your, your coon hunting is amazing. The whitetail hunting is amazing. But we were looking for more. You know, we wanted to see what else was there. And uh, yeah, we took a trip and fell in love with Idaho. And long story short, we made a jump and here we are. That's awesome. Been here about eight years now. Well, before we get on to Idaho now, now knowing that I didn't even know you, I knew you were from the East Coast, but then I didn't know all about the moving in between. Did you run hounds anywhere like while you lived in Kansas or Illinois? Oh yeah. Yeah. I ran, uh, ran hounds in, in both places, Illinois okay. and Kansas. When I went to Kansas first, I had, uh, I had a red dog at that time. I only had my red dog. I, when I was, when I was younger, I had quite a few dogs and, uh, did the competition thing, you know, traveled around, did a lot of the competition hunts, uh, mm-hmm. mainly on the East coast and really took a liking to that for a while. And then, uh, eh, as you, as you do it long enough, you, kind of start to see some other things you know that some of the political stuff that goes on and the, yep. the buddy buddy system you know anyone who know, anyone who does that knows you know what goes on there and it just rubbed me the wrong way some of the stuff i was like you know what i'm in this for the enjoyment and i wasn't as competitive you know i was i was losing my competitive drive you know and i was like eh, you know i'm not going to do the competition thing no more um i did think it was neat for a, a while but i kind of yeah. got away from it but uh yeah so uh, I got down to just one dog because we we're moving so much. It was hard to, to do much. And I had a, a real good red bone I had with me. I uh, brought her over to Kansas and, and coon hunted out there with just her. And I met up with some other guys, fantastic people. And, uh, yeah, we ran a few nights a week, uh, just pleasure hunted and, and loved every bit of it. And uh, had a couple rabbit dogs there, too, a couple beagles. And I did that as well. Um you know, we moved to Illinois, and same thing. I had uh, that same red bone. Her name was Miss Honky Tonk. She was a pretty good one. <laughs> uh, little Miss Honky Tonk is her name. But, yeah, had her super good dog, solid, probably 95% accurate. I mean, when, when wow. she located, you might as well start walking in because, you know, but she was run five, six days a week, you know. She had no yeah. choice but to be, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I did that and rabbit dogs in Illinois as well. And then, uh, she passed in Illinois, uh, she was like 13 
and I uh, lost her back end and we had to put her down. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we moved out this way and I got hooked up with a couple guys that were into the big game hunting, something I've really never done. Yeah. And that, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. I mean, I used to get full cry and American Cooner and all these magazines when I was younger. And, uh, I actually used to run with Jamie Walker. He was a, he used to write articles in uh, full cry. I used to run with him. Mm-hmm. He, all, he had all them black and tans. He had like 29 black and tans at one time back in New Jersey, <laughs> but he, he used to write articles in full cry, you know, 20 okay. something years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so anyway, I was like, yeah, you know, I've always used to read about the mountain lion hunting and the bear hunting. And I'm like, that's something I'd really like to do. Well, I get out here and I get hooked up with a couple guys and, and I went with them and kind of got hooked on that, you know, and you started go. getting a bit of big game stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I, I only knew a little bit of that just cause, uh, our mutual friend, Brian, who's a podcast, uh, guest. Yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah, Brian's an amazing guy, man. I yeah, mean, I know you had is. him on the show a year or two ago. And you know the thing about Brian, I, I hear him on the show, and I I, I know Brian. He's like my best friend, right? So mm-hmm. I, I spend a lot of time with Brian. And the best thing about Brian, um, he doesn't even he doesn't brag about what he's done or what he's seen. He, he, okay. he hit on it a little bit yeah. about what he's been through. Mm-hmm. But uh, I tell you what, that, that guy there is, is that guy's a hero. You know, that guy has absolutely the sacrifices he's made he's made and uh what he's been through not many people can can go through that and he he don't brag it up he don't try to get a boy. he just he kind of brushes it off you know he's not looking for mm-hmm. any recognition you know he's just a solid amazing houndsman he hunts so hard you know he's worked for boulder creek yep so he's in the woods every day you know it's every day of the season you know no matter bear season lion season every day no matter the conditions where me anymore you know i'm a little older than brian I'm, I'm 44 now i i wait i'm fair weather you know i go out when it's nice out and i it's favorable to where i'm gonna enjoy myself but those guys are struggling with ice and and you know uh breakdowns and negative yep. 30 40 degree temperatures you know you know that's he's a whole nother level he he's a houndsman i'm a i'm a guy who likes to run dogs <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> just to be honest with you. oh i i completely understand uh i I really look up to a lot of those guys that, you know, do this for a living and they hunt day in and day out. And yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good one. When I, when I heard he was going to be on your show, I, I was pretty excited because he's, he's a, he's, he's a good guy, man, all the way around as a, mm-hmm. a good, a, just a good person, a good, a good father, a good family man, um, good houndsman. You know, he's got some real good dogs, loves his dogs. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's, he's cream of the crop. He's, he's good as they get. Absolutely. And for the listeners, that is episode 12 from Purple Hearts to Red Dogs. Okay, yeah. Want to go listen to the whole episode with Brian. But like Brian, you have red bones, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got one red bone now. I I had I had four and a, a couple of them didn't quite make the cut. Okay. I, where I'm at, I need a dog that, uh, you know, is good on bobcat, bear, and lion. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard. I'm I'm pretty picky, right? I've had dogs a long time. I've got pretty high standards. Yeah. You know, my buddies are like, "You're crazy for getting rid of that dog and all that." And you know, uh, but the dog's got to be good at all three of those things, or I can't house it. You know, I, I can't I can't have it take up kennel space. You know, if it can't do all three relatively well, That's you know, asking a lot. 
it is asking a lot. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, you're pretty picky. It's like, well, they're out there. You have mm-hmm. to find the right one, put the time into it, you know, and, uh, and get lucky too. I mean, a lot yeah. of people go through a lot of dogs trying to find the right one. And I got lucky right off the get go with this dog. I got here. I got a, I got a dog here, Ruby, and I got her, uh, she's out of Indiana and, uh, she's a, a T-top red bone and she, uh, I got lucky. I got her and started training her on coons and, uh, at three, four months old. And she was running and training her own coon at five months old and nice. by herself. Yeah. She was pretty decent. And then, uh, I ended up having another major knee surgery. So at like six months old, uh, there's a, a local guy, uh, here, Rob, Rob Yoder. And, uh, mm-hmm. works for an outfitter over in Montana. Fantastic guy, fantastic family. And I said, Hey, would you mind running her while I'm healing up? I can't walk. I'm in a race and all this. And he said, absolutely. He says, you know, as long as she's no trouble. I said, she hasn't been. And he took her and, uh, man, within a month, she was running and training her own lion. You know, he's like, this dog's uh, kind of special, Sean. You know, I said, <laughs> I said, good. Well, let's hope she keeps it up. And he had her for about three months so I can get around real good. And he said, if you can get around decent, come on out here. So had about three or four months, I went out there. So she probably eight months old at the time or something, nine. And it blew my mind, you know, what she was doing. You know, yeah. he's like, yeah, you, you got lucky on this one. And <laughs> she's, she's a winner. It's just one of them dogs, you know? Yep. Um, That's so awesome. from there, of course, I started putting her on some bobcats and, uh, just turned into a real good bobcat dog and, uh, bears. She's a, she's a pretty good dog on bears. Um, she gets in there and, and, and gets the job done. But, uh, she gasses out after a few hours, you know, some of these dogs are six, eight, ten hour type dogs, you know, if that's what it takes, but a couple hours, you know, whenever she crosses the road and sees me, she comes up wagging her tail. I load her up, yeah. <laughs> you know, so she's not one of them all day running dog types, but mm-hmm. she, uh, she, she does her job for a few hours pretty well, you know, good deal. Yeah. Well, she's a good one. I had another dog Sierra, uh, with her as well. And, she was real good, but she kind of got bear whooped, uh, about two years ago, got into a bay up and she got bear whooped and I seen a guy that was looking for strictly a cat dog mm-hmm. over in the Oregon coast. And, uh, he picked her up and yeah, he, he told me I'm crazy. I can't see how you can get rid of a dog like that. I said, well, <laughs> she just kind of gave up on bear. And she, as soon as she'd get to a bay up, she'd come out and pull the pups off, you know, any, any money with me, she'd pull these younger dogs off and, you know, that's just not, this is not good. And I, I made a decision and yeah, the guy is extremely happy with her, um, as a cat dog. She's yeah. top notch, you know? Yep. But yeah, as right now I've just got, uh, I just got Ruby. I've, I've had several others that didn't, I got rid of another dog razor. That was a good dog. Um, just didn't have the power I wanted, you know, he's maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm looking for a 150 horsepower motor, you know, he's probably about a 90 or okay. 75. He, 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 he give you, he give you some, but, he didn't have the drive I wanted, but he'd strike, run, tree. He'd do it all on his own, but just didn't have the the output I was looking for. But so yeah, I just got Ruby now, and then I've got I've gotten back into rabbit dogs the past year as well. Okay, but I've got five rabbit dogs and Ruby, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun. I just got back from Helena uh, this weekend, went and met up with some other rabbit dogs, rabbit mm-hmm. rabbit hunting guys. And you guys have and, a lot uh, of hair out there. Where I'm at, I've got nothing but hair. Okay. Um, those guys outside Helena, they, they have a cottontail down low, and if they go up high, they get into hair. But we ran, we ran cottontail, and, man, we had a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, like we talked about earlier, good people no matter where you go. Like, 
yeah. come across these guys and we, we really made a connection and uh, just had an absolute blast. You know, got a lot of video and pictures and had a lot of, a lot of talk, you know, a lot of, a lot of good conversation. So awesome. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing that. I actually just got in about an hour ago. I was running rabbit dogs again today. Nice. <laughs> Our conditions are pretty tough right now. Though. They're uh, a lot of like icy, slushy snow, you know, it's pretty bad out there. So how much snow do you have it, on the ground? It, uh, where I mainly run probably a foot, you know, okay. in, in most spots, but you, you get on the other side of the hill and it's bare and, you know, it's, it's, it's hit and miss, but, um, it's just so slushy, you know, mm-hmm. it's the rabbit that the hairs stay on top, Yep. you know, hares and bobcats stay on top right now, you know, and, uh, it just don't leave a whole lot of scent, you know, it's mm-hmm. the wrong kind of, wrong kind of snow, but we had a bunch of rain as well. So we had a couple feet of snow hit us pretty hard. And when that happened, I mean, it's just like a nice powder. And yeah, I turned loose on a bobcat and have it up and the bobcats were popping right up. I mean, you run them hundred, 200 yards and that was it. They were, snow was too deep for them, I think. Um, and I was catching, I mean, it was really kind of boring because I like to turn on bobcats over lines to hear chase. Yeah. And it was more like, you know, trail a day old track, get it jumped. And by the time you can, I mean, with, within a couple hundred yards, it was up a tree, you know, the mm-hmm. bobcat. So yeah, I've been doing real good on bobcats. Um, until you know this this icy stuff hit, and then I haven't even been. You can't even hardly find a track. It's so hard. You just yeah. got to drive around by the rig one. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a lot of wolves in your area that you have to worry about? Yeah, we do. Unfortunately, um, I generally hunt the, the easier type terrain. You know, with my my legs and stuff like that. Um, so I hunt the easier stuff, um, and, and we have wolves pass through where I hunt. You know, but it's not like some of these other places, you know, I, I was talking to, uh, a guy that Brian was guiding with, uh, today I was talking with him. He's looking for another box and, uh, he had wolves come in on him twice so far down there once the other day. And then once like a week earlier. Um, but we, we've got them, we've got them pretty heavy here, but I, I hunt this, I, I try to stay away from them. You know, I, yeah. I have easier woods and yeah, if you just, any direction you go from here, you're going to get into them. But I, I, I kind of hunt the easy stuff and, kind of know where they're at and try to stay out of them drainages and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but now they are one, a problem. That is one thing that I w- would make me nervous and that's, I've never had any experience with it. You know, I hunted the UP and there was wolves there and but granted I didn't take a dog. So I was just going along with some friends and, uh, so it was all their dogs. So I'm not saying it wasn't stressful, but not to the same extent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, we got friends that lose them every year, lose dogs mm-hmm. to wolves every year, you know. And oh, I'm sure. And even one of the main outfitters up here, we got Leon Brown with Clark Fork Outfitters, fantastic mm-hmm. guy and, and family. Their whole family's great. But, uh, you know, his, this guy's hardly turning loose dogs anymore because he's a, he's afraid of the wolves. You know, you got to be real selective on where you turn out and what kind of track you're turning on. And, you know, you've got you to make sure they're not there, you know. Yep. So it's, it's, it's kind of messing the hunting up for him as well. Oh, I'm sure. You know, you know it's, it's just, you've got to be real careful anymore. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now I had, a, I had somebody on the podcast last year and he, um, he's from Montana and he was saying how he, he, granted he lost a couple of dogs a few years ago and he said he doesn't want to hunt bears because he's like, you can't find tracks, you know, at least when there's snow, I can circle around and find tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at look at all the times we're running in uh, 
you know, the spring and summer and fall on, on bear and there's no snow on the ground, mm-hmm. your dogs are running through drainages that, that hold them. You know, you don't know it. The, the roads here are so hard. You can't hardly see a track, yeah. you know, when they're bare ground. So, you know, it's logging roads and a lot of them are gravel mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, your dogs are running through them, yeah. you know, more than you, more than you think, but it, it kind of, you know, they got a lot of, lots to eat that time of year and a lot of young and stuff like that. This time of year, you know, hunting season's been closed. You know, the deer season's over. Elk seasons are over. You know, the winter's tough. We had, you know, negative temperatures for a week, you know, like negative 30, 40 temperatures for a week. Mm. Then we start getting hungry. You know, they're out of the wounded wounded game or anything. They could have, uh, you know, the, the, the week. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, you got a couple uh, couple dogs out there running through their drainages and stuff. Yep. You know, that, that could be their next meal. Ringing the dinner bell. Yeah, definitely something I, I I don't envy about you guys out there. Yeah, and I just talked to a guy. I ran into a guy up by Priest Lake uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, and we're up there looking for a bobcat to run, and ran into a guy up there, and he was from Michigan, mm-hmm. and he was he was telling me, uh, you know, how bad the wolves were there, and I said, well, they're pretty bad here, and he's like, I'm telling you, even by us, it's worse than up here because I've been up here for a couple of weeks. He's not even a resident yet. He would. He was just driving around, scouting stuff out. Yeah. He's, he's a hound, you know, him and his father or whatever. But uh, he says, yeah, he says, you guys got wolves, but he says, we've got wolves out there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, twice, like he said, like twice as many. So that's wow. pretty scary. That's hard to believe, but yeah, pretty scary. Definitely. It changes everything. You know, it changes all the, the elk hunting, deer hunting. It, it changes every, the, the way the animals, you know, the uh, way they communicate, you know, the, the elk have gone kind of quiet out this way. Yeah, you know whatever whatever elk we have left, there's a huge uh, population decline here. Um, surprise me. And really, the the lions get a bad rap about that, you know, because what's going on is the lions will make a kill, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they make a kill on a deer and gnaw on it for a week and feed their young or whatever. But the wolves are starting to follow the lions to the kills yep. and uh, run them right off, mm-hmm. you know. And then, a, then the lion's got to kill again. The lion's got to kill again. You know, so yeah, it's, it's uh, wolves. Wolves have, you know, changed a lot of things up here for sure. Conkey's Outdoors is proud to be a sponsor of Tree Talking Time. Family, hunting, tradition is the Conkey's motto. They understand the importance of passing down the tradition of hound hunting. They are a family-owned business that treats you like family. They also understand the importance of having the gear you need when you need it. Conkey's carries everything for your next hunt, and it ships to your door quick. They also offer great warranties on all tracking systems and financing options. Check them out at Conkeys.com. You can also use the code TREETALKINGTIME5 in all caps to save as well. Well, why don't we switch gears? I know you, you kind of had some topics you wanted to cover about uh, you know preserving the sport and getting some youth involved. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people you know like to come on the podcast and and talk hunting stories and I can go on for days talking hunting stories. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get there. We, we need a few, you know, no matter, before we end this, we definitely need a good hunting <laughs> story or two. So, but we'll, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get there I've at, at several, the end. I've got, yeah. I've got several of them, you know, uh, but yeah, no, uh, you know, you got to preserve the sport, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we got to get kids into it. We've got to support our, uh, organizations, our local hound organizations and, work well with you know out here we got you know trappers and houndsmen and they're they're starting to work together you know we're we're starting to really uh work together and make things happen 
you know, we've got the uh, Intermount Fur Harvesters and the Idaho Trappers Association and the F4WM and all these different organizations. They're uh, working together and, uh, you know, changing things, opening more seasons to get rid of these wolves. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really helping out. You know, we've, yeah. there's some good organizations out there and, you know, and then working with the uh, fishing game officers. I've got a pretty good rapport with them out here. You, you run into them and, you know, you, you, you talk to them well and you, if you're doing the right thing yeah. and they, they, they pat you on the back. I, I got back to my truck uh, a few days ago, probably about a week now. Got back to my truck about a week ago. I was out on the side by side. I got tracks and get back to my truck and there's a fishing game uh, sticker on my windshield under my uh, wiper and said, Hey, beautiful day today. You know, hope you guys are enjoying your day. Good luck. You know, nice. it's just letting you know that they're out there patrolling, but it's also, that's a nice way to go about it. You know? Yeah, definitely. So I know sometimes they get a bad rap, but you know, if, if you're doing things right and, uh, you know, everybody can get along, you know, everybody can get along and, uh, preserve this sport because it's very important, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to hit on that a little bit because I, it kind of goes without, without these organizations we're uh, you know, we don't really have a voice, you know, there's not a lot of people as an individual going out there and going to the meetings and, yep. uh, and, and voicing their opinion, you know, so it's, it's, you know, support your local organizations, wherever you're at, you know, get in there. I don't know, some are $30 or $50 a year or whatever, but it all helps, you know? But, oh yeah. You know, like you know, with everything going on in Colorado, you know, that, that's yeah. going to happen, especially if that win they win there, that's going to, you know, in a couple of years, that's going to be Idaho or Montana or somewhere else. That might be your state, you know, as far as the listeners, that's going to be your state. So join your association now, start, you know, that money building up the, you know, a fund. So that way, if there's a, if there ever is a big political fight, you know, the organization has some money. So, and not only, yeah. not only just getting, you know, building money, but like you said, getting the next generation involved, you know, there's a lot of opportunities no, I, for youth with seasons with, you know, within the competition world with whether that's beagles, coon hounds, you know, there's all kinds of youth events anymore. So definitely oh, yeah. get these kids involved. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I got a, a 10 and a soon to be seven year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. And they're in the woods already. They were with my wife sitting in the tree stand when they, she shot a bear this past year out of the sand and awesome. what it, thought it was the best thing. My 10 year old just got his license. We did hunter safety and, oh, he's all about it. You know, he, he's ready to get in the woods and, mm-hmm. you know, make it happen. So awesome. yeah, I gotta, gotta look for her future. We need, need, need to unite and, uh, work together, you know, and, uh, that's how you get things done. You know, yep. or doing and fighting with each other out in the woods and messing with trappers traps and it, it doesn't go nowhere. You get out there and, and, you know, respect each other and, and, uh, that's the only way you're going to get things done, you know? Exactly. No, and heck, uh, trappers can be your, your friend, you know, I'm going to, I've got a trapper that's going to come in, come to my house and trap a couple of foxes around the house. Cause you know, with, with where some other neighboring houses are, I can't quite shoot the direction. Most of the time these foxes come in. So yeah, <laughs> got a, got a local trapper. that's going to come help me out. Yeah. So, fantastic. You never know when, when somebody else can help you. Or you can help them. So build those. Oh, it, you know, it all goes full circle sooner definitely. or later. You, yep. know, you, you do something good and it'll come back around. I, 
I went up in the woods the other day and <clears throat> I could see somebody had beat me in there. We had a fresh snow like a day or two, uh, day before, I guess. And I was heading in there. I could see somebody had beat me in there. I see fresh tracks and I get up there and I find a nice bobcat track and I, I park on it. It's about 10 minutes after legal light. I'm like, ah, oh, perfect. I'll just collar up dogs and let them go. And sure enough, as soon as I step out of my truck, here comes headlights around the corner coming back down the road. It's one way in, one way out. Mm-hmm. So clearly he was the one who was in there first. Yeah. And, uh, another houndsman come by. He's like, how you doing? I said, Oh, great. I said, just found a nice, nice bobcat track here. He's like, Oh yeah. I found it around the corner. I was just trying to freshen it up. You know, I said, Oh yeah. I said, I could tell somebody was in here before me. And I introduced myself to him. We talked and I said, well, you're in here first. And I said, tell you what, I said, uh, you know, if you want, you can, you can have this track, you know, uh, you can take this track. I'll try to find something else. He's like, Oh, whatever, whatever you think. I mean, you're on the good end of it. I said, yeah, but you beat me in here. I said, you're, you know, you're in here. You, you know, it's, it's your track if you want it. Yeah. And he did. You know, I, 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 and the guy was super respectful. He's like, man, I appreciate that. He says, there are not many people, you know, that have been like that. You know, a lot of people just dumped their dogs right then and there, you know? Yep. So it's all about, you know, making a name for yourself and, and getting along with each other. I, I know I left a good impression to that guy. And if I see him again, he'll remember that, you know? Mm-hmm. No. And that way so, down the road, you know, yeah, you might have a misunderstanding, but he's going to be like, Sean's a good guy. He's been cordial before, like, you know, because sometimes there are misunderstandings and stuff, so. Yeah, I had one of them last year. <laughs> I had a, I, I turned loose on a bobcat, and dogs were, jumped them and would burn them up. And uh, next thing you know, they show up treed over by, uh, right off the road. I'm like, man, how lucky did we just get, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was a big bobcat. We were kind of after. I knew he was in there. And I go around the corner and drive down and, side by sides and go down the road and I looked and my dogs are tied to a tree. I'm like, Oh no way. You know? And then I'm like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. So I get in there and somebody else's dogs are turned out on that track. And of course my buddies I was with was like, uh, they're pretty wound up, you know, not knowing the story. We didn't know what happened that time other than our dogs are tied up to somebody else's dogs on our track, you know? Yeah. We get down there and, you know, it was a little bit heated off the get go. Like, Hey, what are you doing? Touching our dogs. And, Mm-hmm. Come to find out it was a simple mistake. The guy's coming from a different direction. Their dog struck, and they're hearing our dogs bark now that we know what happened now. They heard our dogs getting right across the road. Those dogs struck. They dumped the dogs you know, out of their box, took the track, and our dogs came on the road. He's like, oh, I didn't know what to do because he's got a dog that's known to be a little troublesome at the tree, you okay. know? And he's like, you know, I didn't know what to do. He says, listen, I'll, 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 get my dogs off right now. I'll do whatever you want to do, however you want to handle it. And I, and I, I believed him. I could tell by his, uh, by the way he was talking and by his, you know, body language that it was a simple mistake, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he turned his dogs loose and it was just a simple, when he misunderstanding, it was just a simple mistake. And mm-hmm. he did, he said, I, you know, if they end up training, I won't, I won't shoot this. This was your guys's, uh, this, this was your guys's bobcat. And, so anyway, yeah, I got to know the guy and it was, it was just a simple misunderstanding, mistake, whatever it was. It's just the way things happen. But oh yeah, just another thing. And that left a good impression on me because I drove back by there earlier and see where he got his dogs and yeah, there was no sign to him, you know, harvesting that, that bobcat. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was fantastic. So yeah, you, you run into, you run into that too. So yeah, it's yep. luckily by me, we've got a lot of really good guys in the woods, you know, as long as you respect them and, you know, respect their little area, they like to go and, you treat them well, you know, usually it comes back really well back to you, but mm-hmm. there's always a bad apple or two here and there. We've got them oh, too, sure. but you know, but yeah, you just try to, 
you know, try to beat them with kindness, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. No, unfortunately, Uh, when we're hunting public land, you've got to deal with other people hunting. And uh, the best thing to do is just treat everybody with respect. And hopefully everyone does the same and can all get along. Yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately, it's just as much theirs as it is yours. Yeah, it is. You know, it comes down to ethics and, Mm -hmm. you know, and how you handle yourself, you know, to other people. So I'm relatively liked. You know, I like to think I'm relatively liked out here. You know, I, I moved in here and I'm kind of newer. You know, I've yeah. been uh, about eight years. I think I've had dogs for about six of them, eight years I've lived here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm kind of the new guy. There's guys that grew up here and and uh, lived here their whole lives and been running these woods. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty well, re- you know, respected, I guess. I guess I'm pretty well uh, liked. So well, that's good. I don't really have any issues with anybody. People are pretty friendly. So. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> yep, definitely. Well, like I said, we definitely still need need a good a good story or two. Well, I've I've got a good story or two. I mean, I can I can go back a long time ago and kind of uh, I was I was hunting out in the Pine Barrens and mm-hmm. uh, we used to road the dogs there. Uh, so the dogs just take off down the road. It's all sand roads. Uh-huh. Uh, so the dogs would just run down the roads for miles until they hit a lacoon track and they turn off. So we're out in the middle of pine barrens and, uh, yeah, we're, we're roading and dogs take off and start going and start heading down this, uh, cedar swamp. And I said, let's get around to the other side. And I was like, oh, they're heading towards this pretty well-known party spot. You know, it wasn't the, the biggest woods we were hunting. I said, they're heading towards a pretty big party spot and start heading, heading that way. And, get in there to cut the dogs off and we get there and sure enough there was a party going on and it was uh it was like some devil worshipers oh jeez <laughs> they, yeah it was crazy but they're having some sort of uh i don't know some kind of gathering they had chickens and stuff hanging through the trees oh, and all geez. this stuff yeah i didn't know what to think i never saw nothing like it but they had like fire going like shaped a certain way and stuff hanging in the trees i'm like what did we get ourselves into you know i gotta i gotta go right through where they're at to get to my dogs you know well i got out and, and parked they had trucks blocking the roads and everything i got out there it's like what are we getting into here and yeah they, they didn't really think too much of us they kind of just said what, what are you guys doing out here <laughs> i said uh i just trying to get our dogs you know here's a couple guys you know midnight one o'clock in the morning yeah but 22 that's all you're allowed in new jersey back then it's 22 22 straps here back and a bunch of dog leads you know walking around in your your bibs and uh you know chats and yeah they're like and they they kind of let us through that was that was kind of a crazy one we, but we didn't have no issues with them but there was definitely some funny business going on there <laughs> uh that that one was always stuck in my mind i know it's not super exciting but for someone that i would be to stuck in, in my mind I, too it, it was it was kind of weird you know but i was pretty young back then i was oh 18 19 years old or something uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was different, you know, see about 50 people out there doing some crazy stuff like that, that you didn't even know existed. I didn't know, like I said, they had like dead animals hanging in trees and stuff. It was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a, a silly one. Uh, on another time I fell through the ice. Oh. Uh, I was, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was a close one there. I was hunting a place called uh Manahawk and wildlife management area. And, uh, I think I brought two dogs with me that day. Uh, that red bone I was telling you about, and then I had an English dog that was pretty darn good little dog too. Um, that dog would run squirrel during the day and coon at night. So you can hunt with her for squirrels during the day and then 
when, when at nighttime it would turn on a coon. You know, you couldn't go like the first hour after dark because it would still mess with the, the yeah. squirrels. But you know, if you just waited an hour or two after dark, you'd put the dog down and it was all coon. Then it was pretty pretty cool little dog. But um, you know, I headed out there and hunting by myself and turn the dogs loose and they headed out it was cold. You know, it's super cold and icy and whatnot and dogs end up running out in the bay you know it's like tidal so it's uh you know tidal come up three or four foot and then drop back down like every six hours you know mm-hmm. so the, the problem i ran into is the dogs went way out on the ice and caught this coon on the ice well the ice held the dogs well i didn't think about the tidal thing and think i was just going to walk out on the ice well i went to walk out on the ice well the tide was low and the ice was still like three or four foot above the water and i didn't know that oh Wow. Uh, yeah, I went walking across that ice and fell through. It's like ditches along the edge that are that are real deep, and then the rest is just tidal like marsh. So once you get out there, ways, you know, it's only a couple foot deep or whatever. Sometimes it's dry. You know, you mm-hmm. just don't know. But along the edges, there's big canals and stuff. You know, that they they do for like flooding and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I went walking across there and fell through about uh, about six, four or five inches of ice, but it's all suspended. And I fell about three or four foot through that ice. So here I am standing like chest deep water and the ice is above me about three foot, <laughs> you know and I mean? I'm like kind of in, in like this tunnel, the oh. ice is up above where I can barely reach it with my hands, you know? So I'm, I'm freaking out. Right. I mean, I right, don't know what so? to do, but yeah, you know, you're standing in water. At least I had my, my footing to me, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm freezing at this point and then, you know, it's tidal. So there's, there's current moving and stuff like that, you know, depending on what the tide is in or out. And uh, here I am clawing away at this ice above me, jumping up, trying to break it and trying to move and break it so I can get back to the bank. Luckily, it was only about 20 or 25 foot off the bank where I fell in. I was able to get back, but that was a a scary deal because I was under the ice. You know, there was five or six inches of ice above me. So I was below the ice and had about a three or four foot void of air pocket. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like kind kind of hard to explain, but it was a, kind of a freaky deal um yeah but I, I finally got out and made it back to my truck luckily it was only about a half a mile from where i started where this all happened and made it back got the dogs back ended up catching the coon on the ice there and uh got them back and i made it home but it was uh you know i'm lucky i didn't lucky it didn't end up worse than that you know worse than that yeah that um, is that is terrifying you know it's one thing to go through ice <laughs> and usually when you go through ice then you're just in the water but you're yeah. at least at the ice to go through the water, uh, go through the ice, then be standing in chest deep water with ice three foot above your head. That's yeah. just terrifying. And you're by yourself you know, before cell phones and all that, you yeah. know, and by yourself and, you know, you got a, a, a coon light and a, a 22 on you, you know, a, a belt light, you know, the old belt light, you yeah. know, <laughs> at suspenders and all that. Now they've come so far, they're all little bump caps, but. Back then, yeah, I had the suspenders, two battery packs on my side. They're all underwater. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all that extra weight. And you're trying to, you know, luckily back in those days, I was in good shape and was able to get myself out of there. But it, it, it you would never, they'd never find you. You know, it, yeah. that current coming in and up and you drift away and they find a hole in the ice that would probably, when the current came back up, would fill in and they find you after the thaw out in the ocean somewhere, you know? Exactly. Just a crazy, crazy, scary deal there. That, kind of a crazy one um yeah lucky I've, I've had some close calls you know and that's one of them that uh that stands out i'm real lucky you know now i like to hunt with other people i, I still go by myself but 
I like to hunt with other people, you know, it, yeah. it, for the one, the camaraderie. And then there's a lot, a lot that can go wrong here, you know, with the, some of the terrain that we have and some of the stuff you've got to deal with here. You've got to, you can get out there ways, you know, you, mm-hmm. it's, it's better to hunt with somebody and have somebody with you. And we carry radios too, just in case, you know, yep. little handhelds and truck radios and stuff like that. No, I understand. I mean, even when I bear hunt in, in West Virginia and in Virginia, you know, you can still get up in there a little ways and you can get into trouble with, you know, I've, we've had some, some issues even with a couple of us. So I, I, I just can... visited an old buddy of mine in West Virginia that since you said that, mm-hmm. um, he, he, I used to, I used to work on the drill rigs and he was a driller and I haven't seen him in 20 years and I got talking to him and he said, why don't you come out and visit me? It's been how long? And he was big into coon hunting and stuff too. He had that, uh, his buddy had that little wood scar. It, back then, it was a world champ dog. It was a night champ, okay. and the dog, Walker dog, and uh, ended up winning in, winning a world hunt. This is heck, twenty twenty five years ago, but mm-hmm. that little wood scar that was a pretty decent hard hitting dog for. Uh, but he, anyway, he he used to run with that dog a lot, and his buddies owned it. And yeah. uh, he said, "Why don't you come on out here and, uh, and come see me?" You know, and I went out there and stayed out there for a week and kind of showed me around. And I tell you what, that place is that place is gorgeous. You know, it's like a little Idaho. It is, you know, it's, it's, awesome. it's got all, all different terrain. You can still run dogs there, you know, on uh bear and coon. And I guess there's Bobcat there too. He was saying yep. they just released elk down there in the Southern part of the state and they're becoming almost to a huntable population. You yeah. know, there's quite yeah, a few Eastern uh, states that have released elk. Um, yeah, I heard did right. The Tennessee, maybe Kentucky did. Kentucky did, uh, Virginia, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pennsylvania, we, uh, we have a huntable population. Oh, do, oh, do you? Yeah. Is it, uh, I'm guessing it's by draw, right? I mean, yep. it's not that good. Yep. It's a, it's a draw. Yeah. Have you ever pulled anything or no? I've pulled never it? even tried. Oh, no. Um, I, I know a, a young guy that got a cow tag a couple years ago and he, he shot a cow. Um, now like certain areas you go there. They're like dogs, you know. My buddy, we went up to his camp a couple of years ago, and we were like in town, and there's two bulls like standing right in the middle of town. Oh wow! But I'm sure in areas where you can actually hunt, they'd probably be <laughs> a little more wary of people. Yeah, probably. You know, just like anything, animals that live in town get used to people real quick. Oh yeah, I was just like I just got back from Helena, and there was mule deer mule deer still packing antlers just walk around people's front yards laying in their front yards you know mm-hmm. you don't see that here you know it's just uh yeah i know we don't we don't have the deer populations like we like we used to but uh yeah they're just great big mule deer walking around standing in people's front yards you know yeah <laughs> kind of neat to see oh yeah definitely going back to brian uh did you hear about that austin lander benefit his cousin his kind of ended up with uh yes. ended up getting cancer Yes. And, uh, yeah, we put on that benefit and that's another thing that was pretty neat. Uh, talking about unity we had, I reached out to many, many, uh, different companies and businesses, uh, to raise money for that. And all in all, we raised $90,000, wow. uh, to help pay for some of his medical bills. Yeah. That is incredible. That's like, you know, a lot of these, uh, like double U helped us out, uh, you, you name it. I mean, you name, I mean, there's not, I don't think there was one person that I reached out to that didn't, that didn't help out in one way or another. That's incredible. 
you know, and that, that's Brian, that's Brian's cousin, you know, and his, uh, his uncle Todd, they've been long time hound hunters as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, it's like, man, there's another thing about this, uh, unity. Everyone I've reached out to, it, it, it kind of makes you feel good inside, you know, that there's still people out there that want to help and that want to do good, you know? Oh yeah. That's one but thing it, I it, will it, say it, about it, houndsmen, you know, you look across the, the houndsman community, there's a lot of benefits that are put on every year for different people. You know, like you said, cancer, or someone has a, a you know, a, a child that dies or something, you know, some, uh, someone's house burns down and it's like, they're a member of the houndsman community. The houndsman community shows up for them. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I was, I was thinking maybe, you know, oh, we'll just sell a hunt, you know, uh, Boulder Creek, uh, Matt and Tim Craig donated a, a bear hunt down there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Leon Brown up here, Clark Fork uh, donated a bear hunt. So we, we raffled off two bear hunts and both people who drew it and won put it right back in so it could be raffled off at a live auction. That's awesome. I mean, just the, you know, the, the amount of support and the amount of uh, people that, you know, that are, that are still a lot of good people in, in society, you know, it, it really makes you feel good that, you know, houndsmen and, and outdoorsmen together, you know, are, they're a special, a special part, you know, they're special people. Definitely. Special group of people. For sure. Well, any more stories or anything else? Well, I've got stories. I just know how, uh, how special <laughs> they are, but <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard a lot better ones on the, on the podcast here. Um, yeah, no, guys, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy, nothing too abnormal. Uh, you know, some of the stuff I saw, you know, at the, at the night hunts, maybe I can hit on, uh, I used to travel up and down the, the coast quite a bit up there in New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Morgantown, where are you from Morgantown? <laughs> That's my club. No way. Yep. Oh, I, I used to hunt that. I used to run there 20 something years ago. Yeah. Yep, I'd, I'd go, to, I'd go to Morgantown PA and, and hunt out there. And, uh, they had like some co-op land out there. I guess they called it longer river somewhere. I can't remember. It's been a while, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I went out to a hunt out there one time and, uh, the guys were hunting off a of feeder, so, you know, and I, <laughs> I went out there and I, I get out there with the guys and I get up to these other, you know, I was an outsider and these other three guys I got hooked up with and get to this piece of land and cut the dogs loose. And their three dogs go barreling down the trail this way. And my dog goes out, you know, heading towards this, this water, you know, down this way of pointer and, yeah. Like, oh, that's what they all kind of split. Those other dogs are boom, you know, strike trees. I'm like, yep. wow, that, that was impressive. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so, pretty impressive. So you see that feeder bucket. <laughs> well, yeah, we went to the first one and I missed it. You know, I missed the feeder bucket on that one. And uh, we walked, we grabbed dogs. I'm like, wow, them dogs, whew, that was something else. <laughs> I go on down another, uh, I don't know, quarter mile or something, cut the dogs loose again. Same thing. Those three dogs, right. Boom. One direction. I'm like, Holy cow, they strike trees. I'm like, what is going on? Go in there. I'm like, wow, these dogs are something else, you know? And I've run with a lot of dogs, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, these dogs are, whew, they're, they're getting out there and getting it. Didn't see that feeder bucket. Get to the third one. And I walk on the way in there. I see the feeder bucket. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Find out that those, that's where those guys run every day. And the dogs run right to the feeder buckets and the, the coon goes up the yep. two, three trees away. I'm pretty sure that was, more, it was either Morgantown or somewhere in Maryland. But it, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty funny one, you know? Yeah. And then you, know, you get to some of these hunts where the dogs go across the river and your dogs sit there and bark at one side and your dog goes across and swims across and in trees, you know, three, 400 yards away, mm-hmm. you know, but 
you know, not, you know, back then all about now I've been out of it so long, but you weren't allowed to get in the car and go get your dog. You had to get there by foot, you know, you had to walk to your dogs. Um, I, I don't know if that's ever changed, but yeah, I have dogs that don't even swim the river, you know, to, to go, to go chase a coon. And, uh, you know, you can see the eyes, but you can't identify it from that far away, you know? And then what, and then you can't, there's the closest bridge is two, three miles down whatever the next road is, you know? So you just call your dog back, you know, yep. <laughs> you know, just some of the stuff that kind of, much I liked the night hunting back then kind of got me out of it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me, you know? No, nah, it's, but, it's uh, changed a lot. Um, hunter numbers being down and I think technology's kind of helped keep some people a little more honest in some ways, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Are you still, are you, is there still a, a coon club there in Morgantown? I'm the vice president. Wow. Really? I had no same, clue. Same building. We've got this, we've had the same building since the 1950s. So I had no clue. You're part of that Morgantown. That was, <laughs> like I said, that was, uh, that I, I hunted there several times, you know, cause it was kind of close from me. It's only like three or four hours away. You know, what's funny is that's actually how I met Brian. Brian came out here to visit family and he contacted our club. Oh, wow. I thought it was just through like you knew her family or, you know, Stephanie's family or something. Nope. Wow. Brian hit our, you know, our club Facebook page up and, uh, that's oh. how, so he, so Brian's hunted out of Morgantown. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. I've hunted all over the place. You know, I, mm-hmm. I go, I mean, a lot of times when we get a bad freeze, you know, back when New Jersey used to get a lot of snow and mm-hmm. used to have some pretty good winters anymore. It doesn't seem like they have that, but, yeah. uh, um, I used to just travel if it got like, you know, snow got bad and turned into a sheet of ice, you know, plus when it gets like that, it seemed like the coons didn't want to move for a week or two, you know, till they yeah. come out almost like a sub hibernation or something. But, uh, yep. I, I just drive South until I hit good country. I, I'd end up in Virginia <laughs> or the yeah. Eastern shore of America, or I take the ferry, the Cape May ferry and hunt out of, uh, lose Delaware, you yep. know, take, uh, right along the beach there. Uh, there's like old campground and, you're hearing the waves crashing and you're running, you're running coons on the beach. I mean, it was awesome. Just, uh, I just go, go where I go where the hunting was good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of things I've seen along the way. I said, I'll be 45 here in, uh, uh, you know, July 45 and the stuff I've seen along the way, you know, pretty neat. Uh, the people I've met have been, you know, even neater. I've, <laughs> I've hunted with sure. some, some pretty good, pretty good people along the way and uh yeah that's it's, it's been good i i love hounds and i don't think i'm ever going to get out of them until the day i die <laughs> good deal yeah well i really appreciate you coming on no i appreciate you having me i know we talked about it uh last year or something and yeah kind of put things together i got busy with the kids and uh they got you know all the sports football wrestling you know uh soccer you know mm-hmm. it, it life gets pretty busy and then of course we own a bet business and yeah life's busy but yeah. uh I'm, I'm i'm glad that we we made this happen you know Definitely. uh I, i'm uh very pleased to be part of the show so i appreciate it yep you can find me on facebook and instagram at tree talking media and until next time keep them talking in the timber <laughs>